Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. Joining me on this show is Hinek from Satoshi Labs, makers of the hardware wallet Trezor. Been around for a long time. And I'm sure if you've been in the Bitcoin space a little while, you'd have already have heard of that company. Now, Hinek and I were put together because somebody knew we shared another passion, this passion around the idea of homeschooling or alternative education. And that is why we decided to record this conversation and put a podcast out about it because information is key. And we want as many people to understand the benefits of self-directed education or joining some kind of alternative education or democratic school, whatever it is, you have choices. And I hope that conversations like these ones, I also had Scott and Tali on the show recently. They've homeschooled all four of their kids from the very get-go. I hope it just rounds out the picture for you and gives you some inspiration. And of course, there's lots of Bitcoin fun chat as well. Why wouldn't there be? It's a Bitcoin podcast. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to the show sponsors. If you are not aware of who they are yet, that is Swan Bitcoin, Relay, Coin Corner and Hoddle Hoddle. This is the first stack of the show sponsors. What do I mean by that? This is where you can buy your Bitcoin. Acquire those Satoshis. Swan are based in uh, the US, swanbitcoin.com forward slash Bitten. Relay are based in Europe. That's relay.ch forward slash bitten they're a swiss company coin corner are based in the isle of man they can accept euros and sterling and hodl hodl a global man they're everywhere they're a kyc free peer-to-peer trading and lending platform so these are brilliant companies and i thank you all very much for your trust and your support in this show great places to go and start stacking swan bitcoin and relay offer you white glove services as well you can just call up the team and get right in touch with somebody and they're going to talk you through the whole damn thing so if you are one of those boomers that suddenly realized i have got to put a big chunk of my net worth into bitcoin please don't do that immediately please talk to one of the guys that are here to help you and educate you and make sure you do that in a very very slow and deliberate manner that's what we're here to do this is not a get quick rich scheme it's an earn your freedom and store your value slowly and deliberately scheme with education and all of these companies can help you down the rabbit hole coin corner like i said they're based in the isle of man you can set up an account with them uh, either private or merchant account and again um, swan and relay are there to help you with merchant accounts as well So DM me if you're interested in any of these companies or hit the links in the show notes and I will help you get in touch. Hoddle Hoddle also put on the Baltic Honey Badger Conference. That is coming up in September in Latvia in Riga. An excellent, excellent location and a really great conference full of high signal, full of plebs and people that you definitely want to go and meet and hang out with. You can use the code BITTEN, hit the link in the show notes and you'll get 10% off your Riga ticket. Up your privacy. Once you've got your Bitcoin and you're moving it onto a cold storage device, 
consider putting that Bitcoin or some of that Bitcoin into a CoinJoin service, which is going to break that connection with the app or company that you have used to buy that Bitcoin in the past. WasabiWallet.io offer a CoinJoin service. They're not the only game in town. There are other services out there. It's up to you to do your own research. Max Hillebrand is the CEO of Wasabi. He was kind enough to support the show. WasabiWallet.io. Create a wallet and try your first coin join if this is a new service for you. Then get it onto a Bitbox. A Bitbox, what is that? It's a hardware wallet. This is a signing device and one of the best ones on the market. Bitbox.swiss forward slash bitten with the code bitten will get you 5% off that purchase. How do you track? your transactions do you have you ever watched a transaction in real time you can with mempool.space they have so many available uh, amazing tools over there that are available for you to use as well as educational resources not just for yourself but also for other people i've had the founder and uh, on the show before and his name is at soft simon on twitter and you can find that episode if you want to go back and listen to that and learn more about mempool Again, that is mempool.space. Orange Pill app. That is a place you're going to go and find in real life plebs. There could be somebody living in your own town who didn't even know about it. Or even better, there could be an event. So go and check it out. Join up today. Conferences, like I said, Baltic Honey Badge is coming up. But we have Liberty in our lifetime in Prague. That's in October. You can get a 10% discount using the code BITTEN. Put on by the Free Cities Foundation. It's about parallel structures and an incredibly good event. I look forward to seeing you there. Here is this episode with Hinek. All right, Hinek. Good to meet you, brother. Second time. No no tech difficulties this time, I hope. Yeah, hopefully. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Yeah, no no problem. Great to uh, great to meet you. Head of development at Trezor and a big shout out to Sant Joseph who's uh, who's put us in touch where you guys obviously uh, are working together and, and doing great work. Uh where do we find you in the world? Where do you, um, where are you able to share with us? Are you uh, traveling yeah, yeah, around? Actually, or? No, 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 we are not traveling. However, yeah, we have, uh, we were studying at the same university, University of Economics at Prague uh, with Sad Joseph. Uh, so it was like more than 10 years ago and he was working on, on this, the camps called Mises Academy. So it was for students who were into Austrian economics school of economics. So we so we met there, and yeah, that's that's the beginning of uh, of our let's say friendship. However, we then were not in touch in, for many years, and up until recently, a few years ago, uh, when I was really already to too deep in the rabbit hole and I wanted to quit my previous jobs and work full-time on, on Bitcoin. So, and I knew that that uh, Josef is already working in Trezor company. So I, I even contacted him and asked him whether there's a chance to find some some fit and it worked. So I'm really glad for it. <laughs> what I find really interesting is I, I'd never visited Prague up until the end of last year uh, when I went along for the I was invited to the, the Free Cities Foundation uh, Liberty in Our Lifetime conference, which was a great conference and uh, got to meet a lot of Bitcoiners and other people from outside of the Bitcoin world that are working on their own kind of solutions to freedom and less statism and, and um, yeah. more liberty. 
which was awesome. And I loved Prague and it was an incredible city and I'm looking forward to be back in June for BTC Prague. And I'll be back again in October this year for Liberty in Our Lifetime again. Uh, the, um, the, the level of understanding there of how important freedom is and how important Bitcoin is and how widely accepted and talked about that Bitcoin was blew me away. Do you have, can, can you put your finger on why the Czech Republic? Yeah, yeah I, I don't know whether it's specifically Czech Republic or this eastern part of the Europe uh, with, with this communist history. I, I believe that's a great ground for for uh, resistance. So people know how bad it is when when state has too much power. So I, I personally believe that this might be something uh, but don't have really data for that. So don't know how it works in other countries. Uh, so I don't know what, what it costs. This is just one idea. And I'm really glad that there are many people who are trying to build on Bitcoin since uh, very beginning. Actually, I think the very first uh, confer Bitcoin conference was in Prague. It's more a coincidence than, <laughs> than anything else, but for example, if, if you heard about Parallel Boys, uh, yeah. it's, it's a nice organization and they were the very first uh, coffee uh, in the world who were serving and get paid only by Bitcoin. So it, And they were able to survive for, I don't know, eight years or something. And they are still accepting currently not only Bitcoin, but still most mostly Bitcoin. No fiat money at all since since the very beginning. So, and it's it's awesome to see how something like that could work. And then uh, many companies has arised a, not only uh, here at Prague, but generally in Czech Republic. You probably know General Bytes as the uh, they're building the ATMs and there's brains uh, who are doing the mining. Their original slash pool currently rebranded to, to brains and last but not least is Satoshi Labs uh, where I'm currently working and I really really like this uh, this jobs it's mainly for the historic reason it's it's Trezor it's hard, hardware devices I hope that most of your listeners will know but also other companies uh, for example Tropic Square you may heard about that so they are building a brand, brand new chip that would be open sourced without any NDAs so it could push push the whole environment further again and then there's for example a company called Vexel which is not yet yet public one it operates only in Czech and Slovakia uh, uh, for for now however I believe that it will be released publicly uh, someday I, I don't have a term for it but it's nice service for ex changing the 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 bitcoin peer-to-peer -peer, uh without any kyc and stuff like that so it's really interesting project definitely have have a look on that and just that's just one that's just few examples that came to my mind but probably there's much more i forget most of it because i'm a bit nervous now <laughs> <laughs> no no problem at all and yeah i've been to parallel i parallel police um i, I wish they'd rebrand re so we english people could say it <laughs> 
and, and what's great about that place is right across the road is that beautiful kind of smokehouse barbecue place where you can go and get uh, some incredible meat. So if you're in Prague, yeah, so you were, yeah, 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 sorry, yeah. sorry, please continue. If you're in Prague, you're, you're well covered, right? And and you've got, I think, one of the biggest uh, uh, supermarket chains or something accept Bitcoin and and have ATMs yes. in all of their stores. Yeah, actually, it's like 200 meters next to it. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's the biggest retail, it's biggest shops for electronics and stuff like that. Uh, here in Czech Republic, and you can pay there there with Bitcoin, which is quite cool. And uh, inside of the, this big hall, there there are Bitcoin ATMs and stuff like that. So, uh, so guys from Alza, it's the name of name of the brand, are really into Bitcoin. And they are bringing to the, uh, this community more more than that. Uh, they are writing a lot of uh, quite advanced articles about the Bitcoin, about the security and stuff like that. So, uh, great shout out to them. Oh right! So it's not just a marketing stunt for them. Like we accept Bitcoin. That you've got real plebs at the helm. It's not 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 only that. Even though they are using third service. Uh, Another Czech, Czech company, a really, really good one. <laughs> I, I tend to promote everyone here. Uh, and uh, yeah, this, this, by the way, they, the name is Confirmo. They are, they are quite quite good in for the Lightning implementation. Uh, however, also have even there, they were one of the first uh, Lightning nodes in, in, the, in, in the network. Uh, so they are really into it. They're, I don't know them personally, but they are doing a lot of visible stuff. So at least they are promoting, they are writing monthly reviews, what happened in, in Bitcoin and a lot of education content. So yeah, I really appreciate that. Also some reports from uh, from conferences from abroad. So so people here in Czech, which is quite small, uh, small, small country with roughly 10 million citizens. And... Yeah, there's a lot of projects like that. So people are having the chance with our uh, our kind of uh, exotic Czech language, because for us it's uh, quite difficult to understand for foreign languages, which are quite quite different. Uh, so it's a huge benefit that you can read a lot of articles and uh, directly in Czech and really up to date articles. Uh, speaking of, for example, brains are also having brains publishing. They are releasing a lot of lot of educational books re regarding the Bitcoin and everything again in Czech. So it's really easy for for local citizens to to understand Bitcoin because there's a lot of materials. So it would you say it's very easy or a lot easier to live on a Bitcoin standard? uh in prague or in the czech republic uh probably more it's, in the city it's definitely not easy <laughs> still. No? okay yeah yeah i i think that living on bitcoin has like three dimensions uh, let's say the first one is saving and mm -hmm. uh, even that one is quite difficult for most people it's it's still difficult to find a way how to get some bitcoin uh, if you want go without kyc which i would recommend mm -hmm. <laughs> strongly then it's quite difficult. So, and that's where most people start. So they are trying to collect at least something. And then it, even 
smaller portion of those people move to to something that they are able to to earn bitcoin there are a few companies where you can earn bitcoin but but still definitely not significant um and then you want want to pay with bitcoin and it it's again a portion of the portion so it's uh i think that the generally speaking adoption is here still quite low maybe it's better than in other countries uh in in europe uh but it's still st- we are still too early <laughs> this is a lot of a lot of work to to do it's interesting you say about the uh, the kyc free and and because i've spoken to uh uh matthias and martin kucha who are yeah. organizing yeah, yeah. b2c prague and uh you know matthias explained to me that um people there the differences he's noticed between uh, the Czech Republic and other European countries is when people come to Bitcoin in the Czech Republic, they just naturally want to go KYC free. It's not even a question for them. Like they don't. <laughs> they don't even want to like uh, entertain the idea of of going to an exchange. Whereas if you would go to uh, Germany or Switzerland or you know the United Kingdom, uh, people are like, "Oh right, yeah, I want to get some Bitcoin. Yeah, just sign me up to a brokerage and and let's go. Let's." let's get some some bitcoin it's a very strange different mindset and again it must go back i can only link it to the country's history with it being uh so closely um separated from the communist uh regime um it, it, would that be kind of your take on that as well it's it's really hard to guess i uh, again i don't have any numbers regarding that uh I spent some time in Germany, but and I, I would curve in the their perception is slightly different. For example, they are not worried about that. They trust in institutions. Uh, and I'm glad that people here are less suspicious against against companies like that. And about collecting any data, it's it's very risky. And but still, here are many successful companies who who has to comply with the laws. So who needs to collect data once they are doing some some kind of uh, money exchanges. So I, I kind of understand it. Um, for most people, I think it's still still leading option to use some, some exchange because it's easiest. However, there's a lot of small communities uh, decentralized. So I don't know about all of them, definitely. Just some of them where people are exchanging the money uh, peer-to-peer. And as I mentioned uh, previously, there's even service for that. So that you you can privately contact contact people uh, oh, based really? on your co- common contact. So for example, I know you and someone else know you as there. And this, this app uh, will connect us together. So I, I can exchange uh, Bitcoin with friends of yours, even though I don't know him. I just believe that you are strong enough contact uh, so that you will not have weird weird friends and if i have some problems i can contact you then and, and so on oh that's awesome to so hear like like two dimensions network and if you are worried you can of course uh, get in touch with only your direct contacts if you want yeah so we, and this, this this has sorry 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 no yeah, i just go ahead uh, regarding, as we mentioned previously, with this uh, communist era, uh, there were those uh, we call them vexlags, uh, just people who are exchanging, do, doing the bridges between uh, between the people and uh, the goods from from abroad. 
so if you want to buy, buy something that which is not available, you have to stay and go on the cor street corner and try to find some weird guy who will exchange your money to something else. So people are used to it. Mm. Uh, they know that basically anyone who want to get wanted to get something which is not really common has to uh, connect to this this underground network. So I believe that based on this experience, uh, this is not very surprising for people even in these days to to react on that and build build on top of that. Yeah, that's. Um, did do you? Ha how old are you? Did you ever like experience what are your memories of growing up under a communist regime or did you miss it or your parents have told uh, you I, stories? I, I, I just just missed that. I know that from movies and from friends and, and parents. I, I'm 35. So I was born right during the, this revolution. So I have no, no memories regarding that. Right. Okay. And what about stories from uh, from your parents and uh, the the changes that they've seen? They must have lived many years under that regime, and then all of a sudden, bam, it's gone. Uh, it, it's it's crazy to think about, and especially if all of a sudden they've got a new baby as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just don't know how to, what 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 to highlight out of them. They they don't speak much about it. And um, yeah, it's. I, it's hard to share, you know. It's a lot of small, small things, so it's hard to express that in in few sentences. But there's a lot of movies in 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 Czech, so I I think most of the people has a really good feeling how it worked. And based on economic studies, I I believe I can imagine that really, really precisely what what was the feeling of the people, and it's really frustrating, and I'm. I'm really glad that it's it's over already and hope that we will not get to something like that again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, although it feels as though we're we're living under some form of it wherever we are at the moment. And uh, especially, that's a good question. What happened during uh, COVID when the rest of Europe was going completely crazy and we were being locked down in our houses? How did that uh, affect the people of uh, the Czech Republic and, and in Prague in particular? Were people very kind of um stringently following the rules or was that what what was going on it's it's again hard to answer because these questions really depends so i have only some some stories i don't know what is the general picture of that however my my feeling is that people were uh were following the rules much more than I was expecting. My my assumption was that they will will be strongly against it and will ignore it. However, at least in, at the big cities like like in Prague, there was no no way to to run run a pub pub or something. Few few private parties, but generally speaking, most of the uh, the people were obeying the rules. Uh, however, I believe that on smaller villages it might be better that uh, you you know your merchant uh, you are able to uh, to to settle on conditions and i'm kind of disappointed from from this uh these times because i believe it was a great opportunity for bitcoin adoption and we were not able to to use it uh in as as, as we could i think because for example when you are accepting uh card payments uh, during this COVID, when when you do so, 
Mm -hmm. the, the bureau would immediately know that you are not not com you are not following the rules. So people were using cash again. However, I think it would be nice to to use this for for Bitcoin. And I I heard stories from San Francisco, California, that there were some some small small groups do, doing like that. But but I didn't didn't see that anywhere anywhere here. Not even in in the small villages. So most people were doing just without without money at all because they know each other and they want to serve each other on, on the village or they use just cash so cash is good enough for for them as of, of now so hopefully next time because i'm worried that some some weird thing might might happen again some some reasoning for again uh closing people at home or i don't know what, what those guys will came up with so I believe that next time we will be stronger again, and maybe that's good, uh, good, good to think beforehand to to be ready for stuff like that. Because Bitcoin for me is kind of insurance. You are trying to be prepared when something goes wrong. So when there are countries having huge inflation, for example, they are their benefit from Bitcoin immediately. However, for people in Europe, it's hard to explain them why should they have this Bitcoin since they were used to, let's say, 2% inflation per year. But at these days, it's again much easier to explain. So it sounds to me just uh, like one, one quote from, from this communism era. It's the divorce the, the better i don't know how to express that in english basically when when things are getting worse it's actually getting better in some some other parameter so so for example if there's a lot there are a lot of restrictions if there's huge inflation on the other hand it actually motivates more people to to use bitcoin and to use it let's say properly from my perspective meaning without without any uh track records on on official institutions because it when you don't don't believe the status quo, uh, it's better to to have uh, have this money without their their knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Just to uh, exit the system completely. So the the other reason, um, oh, the other thing, excuse me, you mentioned when uh, you and Sats Joseph were at university together is you started going down the Austrian economic rabbit hole. Uh, yeah, yeah. What <laughs> what prompted that? why how did it make you feel what about what you were learning um outside of the the institution and what they wanted you to learn and what you were learning uh, at your own volition actually during these days i i think that the mainstream economy is not that different in many aspects so for example i was <laughs> Even in this basic economics courses, you, you see that all the price ceilings and stuff like that, basically all the regulations are causing the harm that there's issue. And there, I, I saw no explanation where's the limit. Like what is the, uh, what is the meaningful rate of those regulation or anything like that? So uh, technically speaking, it doesn't make sense, didn't make sense at all. So. Actually, this, this economic school bring me to, to things like libertarianism and, and stuff like that. And there were, again, a lot of interesting professors of economics who were into Western economic school. So even though it was not 
uh, not there officially. I had only one, one small course regarding the Austrian economics uh, for roughly 20 people. So it's, it's really, it really wasn't mainstream. But yeah, the, the mainstream was, of course, Keynesian economics and stuff like that. This macroeconomics model is really boring, difficult, and useless at the same time. However, still, uh, there was these sessions where we had a lot of discussions and most of my friends uh, came to the same, same or at least very similar uh, conclusion that it's better to have less state, better have to less, less regulation and stuff like that. And one of those uh, fields was finance and banking. So I was really into uh, free banking and, and the, I was dreaming about the possibility that we could have competition in bank and that we could have different currencies that are competing to, to each other. And I didn't even notice that during the days the, the Bitcoin was born and I had no idea about it. So it took me a few more few more years to, to even notice that something is happening. And due this, uh, due this experience in economics, I had a chance to hear about it earlier. However, unfortunately, uh, I thought that there, there is one theorem, re regression theorem, that tells that uh, you cannot have money unless they had some uh, some value that uh, it's, it's, it's pointing to. However, that was my misunderstanding of this, uh, this theorem. So based on that, I thought that Bitcoin couldn't be valuable in the long term uh, because there's no value in the beginning. However, as we probably know the value is subjective. So if there's at least one person in, in the room, it's already living. And once it's living, it's growing uh, in this sense. So I lost like one, uh, one year because I my, my false understanding, however, still good enough, I think. So, yeah. yeah. So well, after that, I, I stopped, I refused the, the gold and now I'm 100% into Bitcoin. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think you're here early enough. Don't worry, we're we're all still so very early. Even those people <laughs> that are listening to this podcast for this for the first time are still so early. Uh, so Lauren's just uh, entered the room to ask you a question. So this is uh, Hinek. He lives in Prague, or is from Hi. Prague. I don't, I'm not sure if he lives there, but um, go ahead. What's your What's your question? A couple of days ago, I learned that Bitcoin isn't actually in the wallet. So why does like um the the key, whatever you call it, um, why does it actually go? S sorry, I didn't hear properly. Like, can you can you please repeat that? Oh, do, are you not talking into the microphone loud enough, Laura? Exactly. <laughs> um, so I learned a couple of days ago that um. The Bitcoin doesn't actually go to the wallet. Where does the Bitcoin actually go? <laughs> oh, come on. It's quite a difficult question. <laughs> uh, Bitcoin goes, doesn't go anywhere. It's, Bitcoin doesn't exist. <laughs> kind <laughs> of. Uh, so, yeah. I will try to do my best. I'm, but I'm worried that I will, <laughs> I will fail in this question. So... Uh, the wallet uh, is not wallet as we as we perceive it generally, but wallet is only 
application or hardware device that is bearing some keys, some keys that give you give you the right, give you the possibility to manipulate with Bitcoin. But otherwise, the Bitcoin is shared shared with everyone, so everyone can see the Bitcoin where it is. The only the wallet does that you can came uh, came to other people and tell them, hey, I'm allowed to move this Bitcoin and send it somewhere else. And for that, you have to show show not not specifically the key, but you have to be able to, to sign sign this box. So you are hopefully the only one who has this key and it's a proof that you are the one who can send them Bitcoin somewhere. But who <laughs> doesn't make sense or not? Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's, it's hard for, for noobs to understand. And I remember that moment of clarity that I had. I'd already been holding a hardware wallet, in fact, uh, an original Trezor. Uh, for a certain amount of time, goodness knows, it could have been months, could have been uh, 18 months, could have been, I, I don't know, whatever. And all of a sudden, it clicked on me, ah, Bitcoin aren't in that device. They're on the blockchain. And this device is just the way that I can access it. Uh, but this is the difficulty of the language around Bitcoin, which yes. uh, Gigi has written about, obviously. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a actually great question and it brings a lot of misunderstanding. And for me in the beginning, it was even difficult what's the purpose of this hardware wallet because we are here working on Trezor, the hardware wallet. And I, it took me quite long to understand what's the benefit of that. And the basic benefit of that is that you are not revealing these keys because they are hidden in this, uh, in this device and you are not sending these keys anywhere. You just send this message into the device and ask her politely to sign it and then you are saying sending only the signature so it's not leaving that device anywhere any anyhow and that's the reason why it's more secure than any any hot wallet because it's not it never gets into the internet okay well thank you for your question yep thank you did you have any follow-ups do you want to ask your usual question if you don't, I will, because it's a great question. I guess. I'm kind of getting tired of this question, though. Well, maybe Hinek will enjoy it. Um. So what's your favorite thing about Bitcoin? Oh, thanks. Uh, there are actually two things I like most uh, on the Bitcoin. Uh, it's maybe more about... <laughs> Yeah, let, let me think a little bit. Uh, so one thing that I really enjoy the Bitcoin is that improves communication between the people. So we are using money to, to figure out what is rare and what is common. And we, we have money to, to do so. And it helps us coordinate all the people around the globe. And it somehow works already. However, the, the money is are changing the units so it brings a lot of confusion so for example you want to build a house you order some materials and then you find out that the prices change it and you have recalculate everything and you didn't finish the house yet and you uh, you are you are running out of money already so 
these changing conditions are creating a lot of confusion, which leads to suboptimal outcomes, and people are losing not only money but basically their their lives. So I believe that once we are using uh, Bitcoin more and once, once it's hopefully everywhere and uh, using for every transaction, we will believe, I believe we will be more effective uh, in, in handling of these rare resources. And another thing which I might maybe like even more is then you have, don't have to ask anyone to use that. You don't need any permission. So for example, uh, if you are young, just like you are, you cannot, at least in Czech Republic, uh, create your bank account. You you need to have your daddy or someone who creates uh, the account for you. And you need to sign some papers and read a lot of documentation and so on. However, with Bitcoin, you don't need anything on that. Anyone, once, once you are able to understand the basic of it, you are free to go. And I really like that because I believe that this young generation uh, will bring awesome things that I'm not even capable of imagining. Uh, but now they don't need to ask anyone. And, and that's really awesome. Yeah. Do you like it too? Sorry? Do you like this aspect that you don't need to ask anyone? Or you do? You have to ask your... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's um good that you don't have to ask someone to access your money. Uh, yeah. Oh, so, sorry, may, may I have a follow-up question? Do you have your keys? I, do I have them? No, I'm no. I'm holding them for you at the moment. <laughs> and then uh, we'll have a big key passing ceremony when I feel comfortable <laughs> enough that you'll be able to, to hold on to them and uh, store them. Um, but yeah, that there's there's plenty of learning yet to be had, and uh, but that that's what these podcasts are about, and that's why it's so great that you get to speak to people like Hinek, and you're going to be at the conference, and um, so she she had she had that realization just at a meetup the other day. We were in Andorra, and uh, she heard a conversation, and she so she was asking me questions. Huh? So Bitcoin don't live on wallets? All right. I got the perfect guy to ask that question on a podcast on Tuesday. Nice. So, well, thanks for thanks for your questions. Yep. Thank you. Thank you too. Uh, so, actually, mate, let's um, let's just stay on education for uh, for a second because one of the uh, reasons that I think Sats Joseph put Sats Joseph put us in touch was because uh, he said that you'd organized uh, Sudbury Valley style meetups um, in the Czech Republic. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh, Lauren, along with her brother and and her sister, they're they're homeschooled, and um, we we don't rely on the state education system for for their nice. educational purposes. So it seems as though we we could be aligned on something else here as well. So do you want to give us the background on that and why? And do, do you have kids? And yeah, yeah. As as I mentioned earlier, uh, I met. Uh, Joseph like 10 years ago and then we didn't see each other for, for many years and basically during these years I was working on different different projects and one of, one of them was generally speaking education so I was even during the studies I was a teacher at elementary school for I don't know four years or something and it was at the same time when I was studying the economics and it when I put it together it 
it sound sound that there's against kind of simple solution if we just don't push the the children to anything they will do better basically and that they know always better what not not maybe not generally always but most of the cases they they know much better than than us and they know much better than teachers what they want to to learn because learning is not some something like that you don't like it's I wanted to say that it's not just like work, but you can enjoy even the work. So it is actually like the work. Uh, you sh- you should basically do what you enjoy if if you have a chance to. So f- for example, if you have enough resources to do so, and I believe that there are already plenty of people who have enough resources, so they can enjoy their lives, and you can earn money even doing the things you like, like doing the podcast or or anything. So I think we are again. Uh, wasting a lot of talent, a lot of energy when we are putting children into those old-fashioned schools with quite often stupid teachers without knowledge. For example, yeah, that, it's so, <laughs> what, what I saw, it's commonly so, so bad environment that you, you basically can, cannot do worse. So if you just keep them at home, I'm afraid that sometimes it can give you much better outcome than using these old-fashioned schools. However, there's a lot of uh, a lot of school alternatives as as of today. Uh, so during the studies, I heard about concept of Sudbury, not not Sudbury, about the Summerhill School, mm-hmm. which took a lot of attention. So, so I have joined Svoboda uh, Uceni here at Czech Republic. It's a uh, uh, project based on Peter Gray uh, articles. I don't know whether you are familiar with, with him. I was writing yep. about, mainly about Sudbury Valley schools next, next to Boston. Um, so I spent many years reading those books and playing around with kids with respect to those ideas. And I think it just works. So uh, similarly, as I mentioned before that I came to conclusion and I want to work for Bitcoin. Therefore, I went to directly to Trezor. A few years ago, I had similar feeling that I need to go to something like Sudbury Valley School. So I I went to... uh, Went for three months into... Neuschule Hamburg, uh, so it's in, in Hamburg in Germany, a uh, school that works on similar principles as Sudbury Valley schools. And I really enjoyed that. It was really, it was basically awesome to see how, how children are interacting without any, any force. So I really enjoyed that. And based on that, uh, I start, started doing uh, family camps uh, and it's already 10 years. And so once once a year we we go to week or two somewhere. So we so we rent a, a big house or something. Uh, we are roughly forty people, and we are just uh, sharing this uh, this perception that we don't want to push anyone. So children go sleep when they want to go sleep. They can play the games. Uh, they can do whatever they want. So if we go for a walk, they don't have to go with us. We just need to have, say, one adult who who stay stay in the house, which is not the issue at all because always someone wants to stay anyway. Uh, so they are, when they are hungry, they go and cook something. So 
it's it's weird to even try to describe it it's just few people who are living without coercion without without anything from from the outside yes so i had a lot of ideas how to how to push it into mainstream education but it was too big for me to i wasn't able to to proceed with that so i then i switched to to bitcoin which is something <laughs> where you can we you can do small step and it has effect but on the other hand uh, i still uh, we are still doing this this family camps and it's quite beneficial because currently i already have uh, have two two kids and expecting the third one so now i'm uh, uh, already getting the the benefits out of that so when you, when you see that it's nice to see that on on any children but when when you see it on your own it's it's even stronger uh, stronger feeling so yeah yeah there's a there's a strong community in prague uh, homeschool community um, because you know i'm in both camps right uh, i i separated education from state before i separated money from state when when i yes. left my fiat career uh, we started to travel with the kids and we did that for two and a half years and falling down the oh my god the emperor's wearing no clothes in the education system rabbit hole and realizing um yeah. how it was designed how purposefully it's designed how insidiously it's designed to um keep you dumb for want of a better word and mold you into um just an, another state slave uh it, it's it's shocking um and when we were coming to Prague, uh, people from that community started reaching out to me. And it's just amazing to see that the, the crossover there is huge between the homeschooling or the self-directed education or the world uh, schoolers or um, the unschooling kind of group are all already way down the Bitcoin rabbit hole as well. And there's such two amazing groups to to put together. Um, yeah. And yes, uh so Peter Gray, actually, if you're interested, um, and anybody else listening, if you go to episode 142 of the Once Bitten podcast, I had Peter on, and uh, we had uh, almost a two-hour conversation. Um, but I've, I've um, interviewed Peter on many other occasions as well, um, doing work within the the world school and homeschool movement. And um, he, yeah, he's a fascinating character. And his book, for anybody that wants to pick that up, Free to Learn, has unlocked so many people's minds and uh, inspired so many democratic schools or Sudbury Valley, Summerhill type schools around the world. Yeah, definitely. I agree. For, for me, it was similar. As I mentioned, this institution is actually uh, named based on the translation of this freedom to learn. So it's just Czech expression of the same thing. So it ah, stands, okay. the whole institution stands on those uh, texts from, from Peter Gray. And fun fact for anybody else that wants to dig into this um, and has also been on the podcast uh, with uh, Tura Demista, a very well-known uh, Bitcoiner, um, very much into alternative education as well. And we had a, a very long conversation on his thoughts and his experiences because he worked as well, like uh, pre-Bitcoin. He worked like you in, yeah. uh, like, uh, in one of these schools, democratic-style school in, uh, in Belgium, I believe. I hope I'm not getting that wrong, Tura. Uh, but he also got to meet, and he sent me a clip, actually. He tweeted it. He got to meet John Taylor Gatto, who's another incredible 
writer in this space and um, definitely worth checking out his books and his thoughts around the education system because any Bitcoiner out there listening to this, you know, it's only a matter of time, especially if you've got kids already and you can see the damage that's being done. But for those that haven't got kids yet, like, don't even consider it, man. Like, you know, just <laughs> don't don't feed the beast with your your kids, you know, hearts and minds. It, that that's the last thing you want to do. Yeah. So, what um, how can people find if people are coming to to Prague and uh, that they might want to perhaps hook up on one of these camps are you opening it to to bitcoiners uh because I, I think you might have a few people dming you trying to find out uh you know or, or maybe you could do a separate one a separate week um, for people that want to come and pay in bitcoin and spend the time around unschoolers homeschoolers and stuff we are actually offering the payments in bitcoin since of course. a lot of years already i i'm not able to come yeah so i think that most of the people are not yeah there are some of them are bitcoiners and all of them has to hear about a bitcoin a lot so anytime <laughs> we do a campfire which we do basically every day during these camps uh the discussion came to to bitcoin because there are uh, many of us related to that and this year will come few colleagues even from trezor so i i'm afraid that this time will be maybe too much bitcoin but is it even possible? Who knows? No, we will see. <laughs> it's not, especially not. You know that that setting is so uh, it's so primal as well to be sat around a, a campfire under the stars, you know, having a glass of wine or a few beers after a perfectly yeah, yeah. cooked meal, talking philosophically about money. Like what? A, like of course, of <laughs> course, you can do that. You probably would do that with or without Bitcoin, you know. But now Bitcoin is there uh, and fixes it. Uh, fixes everything as we know <laughs> so we, we've got to talk about treasure brother we're almost an hour in and we're not even talking about like uh what you guys are up to and what you're launching and uh what what what's your work what 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 does a day look like for you in the in the house of treasure as uh, as head of development yeah i'm just thinking about the previous question because you mm. asked me if we have dedicated session for for bitcoiners yep because currently we are like 40 people all already and there's no much space to scale it up however uh yeah if, if there is interest i believe we can we can do more previously i thought we will one day create something like school out of that but then my uh motivation has changed so i didn't push for that that much but if if there's interest i believe there will we can we can do something with that and now, now to treasure. That's uh, yeah. So uh, currently, I'm on this uh, new position called head of development, basically taking care about the software development things that we we do like treasure uh, firmware. So yeah, the software within within the device. Then we have a uh, treasure connect, which is something doing the connection basically between hard between this uh, Trezor device and, and other apps, even third apps and, and anything. And then there is uh, Suite, Trezor Suite, which is application for, for using Trezor and also mobile version of that, which is still in progress. 
So it's also answered for the question, what are we working on? So one of the things that, that are currently cooking uh, is this mobile app for, for Trezor. Uh, and the biggest uh, biggest thing is obviously CoinJoin. As me personally, I spent like uh, half of the year or maybe almost a year um, on this CoinJoin feature where I was in different position. I was doing, doing basically CoinJoin from product perspective. So doing the working with the UX designers and, and even developers and putting basically CoinJoin, CoinJoin together. So it's it was the biggest thing for me. And yeah, last week we have some kind of celebration of releasing that out finally. So so I checked check the data and saw that it's already four years, more than four years in the first uh, first draft. And so there was huge research, almost three years before we were able to, to launch this. So, so this was something really big and I believe we can discuss that more, this coin join. But, uh, but even before that last year, uh, we were able to deliver some small, small things uh, that could uh, improve the Bitcoiners experience in, in Sweden. So for example, now you can on one click switch uh, units from, from Bitcoin to, to Satoshi's. Uh, so it's for me easier to understand how much money you actually have. Uh, then we, we introduced coin control, which is kind of advanced feature. Uh, but again, I'm using that almost daily. Basically, anytime I'm doing doing the transaction, I want to to be in in charge of that. Even though the recommendation engine is uh, quite good, I still want to see what's what's happening. Uh, so that's not. Let let me double check. I have here some notes. Yeah, and one one thing I would like to mention that uh, that we have bring during last year was uh, Bitcoin only firmware. It it was living already since two thousand nineteen, but uh, uh, from the last year you are able to install it directly from from the Trezor. So actually, here at Trezor, I'm trying to push as much as I can for bitcoin like features however we are not bitcoin only so we are doing a lot of lot of other stuff uh yeah people want it even though my perception is they that we should focus to something else but yeah most of the people are interested in, in in other stuff so even these small things like bitcoin only firmware it doesn't make any sense from business perspective nobody asking for that because even bitcoiners it doesn't bring much value to them they don't care that you are able to to uh, use other altcoins but for me it it is about sending some kind of message uh, not not even not only outside but even in the company that we want to do stuff like that we want to moving this bitcoin ecosystem mainly yeah so so that's that's basically what i, I wanted to right, say well, regarding, regarding there's loads features. of questions there for me to yeah, to, yeah. to so, start sorry, talking so about so no problem Let's let's go with the coin join one because that is obviously uh, a, a huge one. Four years to implement uh, and research. Um, obviously, want to do it right. Uh, obviously, lo lots of trade offs with with anything, not just in Bitcoin, with anything in life. Um, and uh, just recently, the, the the kind of I don't know, it became aware to me. I was not on the coin join as people know that listen to the show. I I just wasn't on my radar up until 
probably yeah the back end of last year where i started talking more to um to max uh hillebrand about it mm -hmm. and uh some some other bitcoiners as well um having conversations around it then there was the uh the kind of like the big fights that started blowing up so it just come on on my radar because of that really and i started going down the um the rabbit hole a little bit and uh, and learning more about it and uh, yeah in the end um helping uh max uh, you know put the word out with with wasabi when he uh, offered to come on the show and talk about it and uh, and you know become a, a sponsor of the show as well and uh, that's um my belief that uh it's wasabi that uh, you've implemented uh onto trezor so if anybody is withdrawing their coins from a kyc exchange onto the website onto um uh with the uh the, the trezor uh that's now happening automatically or you can turn on a feature uh just to talk us through like what a user would experience if they've got an exchange or they've yes. got an app and they want to self-custody and they use the wallet uh what's going on there is, is that something they need to like switch on or is that something that's going to be done automatically talk us through the uh the user yeah. experience okay nice it's a lot of questions and i'm just don't know where, where to start so <laughs> okay so so first thing you have mentioned kyc uh I, I think that Conjun doesn't help you that much with KYC because mm -hmm. if you use uh, uh, use KYC exchange or something, they keep this uh, this information about you that you bought half of the Bitcoin and you can do with the Bitcoin anything you want, but they still have in their notes in their database that you mm -hmm. did that. So so you will not have the coins that you receive from them, but they still remember. So it's. Still, the recommendation from me would be do not use any KYC services. Uh, Conjun doesn't help that much with that. I believe that the main use case, and honestly, I, I wasn't that much into Bitcoin before I started working on that. And now when I'm working on that really hard, I, I see it everywhere. I think we should use it much more uh, and use it for regular payments and basically do it as a default option for 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 the Bitcoin because it can be cheaper than regular transaction and it can bring privacy. And this privacy is not something super, super techy. It's not for drug smugglers or anything. I, I don't know. It's not, uh, it's, I, my perception is that this for regular user, you just don't want to reveal your whole history. You want to be private. So uh, this, we are trying to focus on more mainstream mainstream audience so for example compared to wasabi our aim is to attract more people uh more people that don't even think about that from their fundamental perspective or or anything uh but people who want to be private so if i send you something i don't want to reveal my whole balance and all life savings so that's that's the aim for me for this this initial feature and what we are doing trying to do it as secure as possible as private as possible that's the reason why it took so long uh that's i believe the best thing on it so now for the first time you can use coinjoin you can reclaim your privacy somehow without without revealing your private keys so you you have it in your trezor and it doesn't go anywhere. So Trezor is currently the only hardware wallet, 
wallet that you can use for for CoinJoin. You can of course use use alternatives with, uh, for example, like Samurai uh, and Sparrow, um, and as a post mix, receive this money to your trezor, so you get this money quite soon. But there's a period of time that you don't have control over your money. However, with this coin implementation within Trezor, you are not losing anything of that. You are not risking anything of that. So this is, I believe, is the game changer. And back to your question regarding the user experience, how it works. Currently, it's kind of hidden. Uh, I believe we will move move it higher in the hierarchy later on, but currently it's hidden. So you have to manually add a new account. So once the discovery ends, you click on the plus sign, add new account, and then in this scroll bar, uh, select CoinJoin. So most of the people will not be able probably to do that because it's kind of, kind of complicated. And we do that on purpose. We don't want to uh, make you use that unintentionally. We want to be sure that you are kind of know what you are doing, that you are asking for this, this feature. So you have a dedicated account. Uh, once you add this account, uh, you have to confirm that on Trezor because this, this account behaves differently. Uh, we are much more, uh, more, we are trying to be much more private with this one. So you are not revealing any information. And that's the reason why discovery of this, this account takes much longer. Uh, we are using uh, advanced technology. I'm not sure where you want to go go deep into that. We can get back to it. But generally speaking, it takes much longer time to, to do this discovery. Once you are in, it looks almost like re regular account. So you can receive Bitcoin there. And once you have Bitcoin there and it's already confirmed transaction, you can start CoinJoin. And you do that just by one click on start and then confirm that. And sorry, confirm that on Trezor too, because you will see the see the conditions currently, and based on that, it starts going joining, and then you wait a long time. <laughs> so it it might it might take hours. In some case, it can take days, and mm -hmm. uh, that's something where I would like to set the expectations low because. Uh, you shouldn't be in a hurry with this. Um, and we are trying to coordinate roughly 200 people, 300 people, and let them sign with almost the same time. So it's a quite difficult, complicated coordination issue. And once it happened, and you have to, uh, the algorithms have to find the optimal set of UTXO that you want to create. And you are trying to guess what other players will, uh, will create because you want to, have as similar outputs as possible with them. So your privacy is bigger than. However, you as a user, you just turn it on and wait. You can keep it running. You can go to safe mode. You can lock your de device so the Trezor, nobody will use it to anything else. And you just keep it running. If you need to go somewhere, you can, you can simply pause it and continue later on. There's, there's no harm with that. There's only we call it a uh, signing phase when, when it's uh, when we are trying to beg people not to disconnect because when you disconnect in this this phase you will ruin the round to 200 other people so it's we are trying to ask people not to do that but still it's hardware thing so you can disconnect it and, and ruin it to others and when you do so uh, your, your UTXO will be banned for some time 
so you are not allowed to use this because we want to protect other people from from some some scammers or some someone who would like to spoil the rounds on purpose mm-hmm. and that's basically it after a few rounds uh, you reach the desired anonymity set um, and that's it you you can have a look on the history how it how it looks like and you can use it as a regular account send it whenever you want but i recommend to keep it there uh, so not to uh, mix it and then send it again out i think once you get used to it it's better to use it as a default account basically receive all the money to continue an account for example when you are doing some transaction uh i like to spend the whole coin so not using the uh the how it's called change address but instead of it uh, use the whole coin and and this change address send it for example to your coin join account if you are not uh trying to top up your lightning channel or something else, but generally speaking, trying to use the, this change. And it's something that against ruined the, the analysis because there's a, a um, assumption that the change address goes back to you, that one of the addresses are going back to you, but it doesn't have to. So it's nice to behave differently. Right. Yeah. There's, there's a hell of a lot there, especially for those people that are um, on the, uh, the newbie end of the scale. But for, for those that have, um, have looked at uh, coin joining before, there's, um, yeah, and, and like you said, I think it's just over in the next couple of years, it's just going to become ubiquitous. I think it's going to like completely be adopted and that will become the norm. Uh, and we, we obviously there's growing pains, and there's uh, we have the red camp and the uh, the the green and blue camp that um, you know are engaging in um, at least they're engaging in dialect now. I, I was listening to a spaces between them the other day, and it seemed pretty civil. Uh, whereas before, everything on Twitter and uh, any other kind of uh, medium has just been uh, shit fighting. So I know it's uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting space. One I've been uh, enjoying learning more about, and every time I have a conversation about it, like anything, you just learn that little bit extra. So I, I still recommend people go and have a look at it and um, play around with it, and just download a, a coin join service. Run, you know. Download two different ones, test them out, uh, and just with a small amount of sats, and, and see and see how you feel about it, and um, think deeper about you know what does this mean for like the next five or ten years, and is this a good way to diversify your stack? You know, if you if you're moving onto a Bitcoin standard, you're going to have to have a, a savings checking account, and um, so your savings account could be like the the coin joined deep cold storage sats that you just want to leave on a device and re- re- rarely touch. Uh, and then lightning wallets and whatever else uh, for, for your day to day. Yeah, it's um, a very yeah. uh, interesting. It's, it's hard. It, yeah, it's hard to guess how how this ecosystem will evolve, but I believe it, it, it could make sense to use it in regular transactions. So basically, whenever you are doing on-chain transaction, I think it should be actually a default option to do it via CoinJoin because you could save some money and reaching more privacy. So that's a good point just there because you said it could be cheaper. Uh, and I am not sure exactly uh, whether everybody 
would understand why, because you obviously have to pay fee to the coin joint coordinator. So yeah. could you explain how that's happening, how that it would be cheaper for the user rather than pay the, um, you know, the, the mining fees to get in the next block, for example? Yeah, actually, uh, speaking of service fee, uh, at this uh, Wabi Sabi protocol, you pay only for the first round. So you are not paying for any remixes. So once you are in the coin join, uh, when you do at least one round of it, you are not paying anymore. So uh, you are, of course, paying my fee, but you are not paying the service fee. So it's one one time payment. So for, for the regular payment, I assume that you have already paid this one earlier or even someone paid it for you. You, you have received that already within this CoinJoin uh, ecosystem. So you are not paying for that anymore because the coordinator has no idea whether this address is, is you or someone else. It's, it's impossible to, to even guess. So you will not pay for it. So there's a concept of uh, friends don't pay. So when you are sent to someone from from CoinJoin account, he he can CoinJoin further for free. And here the, the idea that I expressed re, uh, regarding the Playvia CoinJoin, and it's as as I mentioned, it's hard to guess how, how the ecosystem will evolve. But I would like I believe it could evolve the way that the default is that you are sending via via CoinJoin, meaning that it takes a while. To, to coordinate that. So for example, you sign, sign the transaction and wait for another maybe hour because it's trying to coordinate with other people and hopefully it's signed and then you wait for, for the mining. And the reason why it could be cheaper is because generally speaking, when you are sending transaction to two recipients, it's cheaper than sending two transactions, uh, one with, one, two, one, one, one of them, basically, you are storing class data. And when you put there 200 people on input and 300 outputs, it's again, less data that needs to be, uh, that needs to be stored on blockchain. And there are also some improvements that in the future, hopefully if this uh, or cross input signature aggregation could be implemented with the new version of Taproot, I'm not sure whether it's feasible, but I just hope that it could be. Then this could be again cheaper because the the data required for for the signatures will be will be lower. So if we coordinate cooperate on our transaction, we will pay less in less together, which could motivate all the services to to implement their version of CoinJoin because. Yeah, and that's something that brings the fungibility into Bitcoin. Man, we, uh, it's just layers and layers and layers of um, intellectually stimulating thought processes <laughs> that, uh, you know, that take you off in, in wild, amazing different directions uh, in, your, in your brain paths, which is why we're all here, right? And, and to your yeah, point yeah. earlier, like, that this is learning. This is work, but yeah. it's fun. It's yeah. <laughs> not. It's not sit down like. Could you imagine forcing a kid to sit down like in economics classes in twenty years time from now? Sit down with the Bitcoin white paper and a and a, a journal or a a textbook style coin join doorstep sized textbook. Right now, write a thesis on coin join. Like, no one's gonna do it. They're gonna hate it. 
But here, oh, yeah, look, as yeah, you can see in... on my background, there's a <laughs> you have, white paper. You have the giant white and paper yeah, on the back there. And I can imagine it can be boring. Yeah. <laughs> if you were forced to sit down with 30 other people at uh, 9.15 a.m. on a Wednesday morning and you're tired because you don't want to be there, like that's not learning, right? This is, this is the, the, the whole point, the yeah. difference between learning and teaching. Um, and we're all here to learn uh, by our own volition and end up having an hour and a half conversation <laughs> with complete strangers. Uh, and this is what I love about Bitcoin specifically. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, man. Well, it's it's been great to get to know you and really enjoy uh, all of these conversations. And uh, I look forward to meeting you in Prague, which uh, fingers crossed you'll be there. Uh, for yeah, Looking for, forward for for BTC Prague, and if you can get across to Liberty in our lifetime as well, I, I recommend it. That's uh, mid-October because you'll meet a mm -hmm. bunch of other people who are so close to understanding Bitcoin but haven't quite, you know, the sat hasn't quite dropped yeah, for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good atmosphere. But before I let you go, you have to answer the, the final question. Nice. And is, is? That, that is, if you had just one last orange pill left to give to somebody who would you give it to and why uh, i i would keep it for later yeah. <laughs> i would just keep it as a last thing that could help me if someone jailed me or something and i would put it right to him that could save my life but otherwise i believe that people should come to it. I don't want to force them. You know, I don't want to manipulate them into Bitcoin. So yeah, I, I wouldn't give it to anyone. Just keep it for myself. <laughs> almost, maybe, almost 340 maybe, shows. And that is the first maybe time. Maybe eat it. <laughs> I, I would eat it to get on the second level. of it. <laughs> that's, that's the most unique answer to that question so far. Uh, and that's, that's around 340 episodes. Uh, that that's awesome, brother. Nice. Yeah. And, yeah, there is no wrong answer to that question. So that that's you know what I love about it. So how can people find you and um, interact? Uh, whether that is to learn more about uh, your work at Trezor, more about CoinJoin, more about the Sudbury Valley style kind of camps that you're running. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Yes, uh, I like the most Stacker News for 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 the conversation somehow structured. I'm still on the Twitter. And recent days uh, or months, I'm experimenting. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing around with uh, with Noster, uh, but yeah. So I will maybe provide you some links. Or mm -hmm. it's it's at Hinekina at Twitter. It's just Hinek at uh, at Stacker News, and there you will see the link for for Noster as well. Because I'm not able to say the end part yet. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. and i don't remember my handler there so yeah no all right cool well i'll put those in the show notes so people can come and reach out and um if anybody wants to get in touch and they can't just dm me and i'll, I'll put uh, you guys in touch with each other thank you so much many thanks for your invitation all right brother well I'll catch you in june yeah we'll, we'll go for a pilsner yeah yeah see you there yeah sure <laughs> ciao
Well, big thanks to Heenik for coming on and for everything you're doing in the Bitcoin space and for sharing everything that you did about the Summer Hill Summer Camp type events that you are running. If anybody is interested in learning more about that, we referenced some books in this talk. Uh, Peter Gray, Free to Learn, is a good place for you to start. Or John Holt has some good books as well. You can go and search for those. Or find these interviews uh, with with people like uh, Peter and, um, and John. Just on YouTube, you'll be able to find tons of information. Alternative education is a misnomer. There's nothing alternative about it. The actual school system is the alternative way in which to teach anything to anybody is a disaster and we need to step away from it. Separate money from state, separate education from state. That is the message I hope anybody takes away from these kind of conversations. I've got more like this coming up. I will be doing a, a podcast with people who are very deep down the rabbit hole. Corey DeAngelis, for example, is going to be coming on the show. If you've not seen his panel from Bitcoin 2023 with myself and Safer Dean, you can go and find that again. Just sit, uh, search for that on YouTube. Thanks for listening, guys. You know where to stack your sets. We went through that at the beginning of the show. Swan Bitcoin, Relay, Coin Corner and Hoddle Hoddle. All brilliant places, educating, um, education-focused Bitcoin companies. If you want to up your privacy, try wasabiwallet.io. Please take self-ownership, custody your Bitcoin with Bitbox, at bitbox.swiss forward slash bitten, and use the code bitten for 5% off. Get over to mempool.space. Help educate yourself and others around you by visualizing the mempool, tracking your transactions that you're signing upping your game it's uh, it's a brilliant resource orange palap has got you covered if you want to find your plebs in your area or go find events in your area make sure you're downloading that and checking it out and get to a conference we've got baltic honey badger in september put on by the hoddle hoddle guys you get 10 percent off those tickets using the code bitten and of course liberty in our lifetime in prague put on by the free cities foundation a brilliant conference for you to go along and meet people from all over the world, from all different walks of life, building parallel structures. How does Bitcoin plug into what they're building? And is there a place for you in that ecosystem as well? We're talking about community living and uh, different projects around the world, free trade zones, etc. So with all that said, thank you everybody for listening, for sharing, for liking, subscribing, whatever it is that you do. Thank you for the feedback. It's great to meet all of you guys at these conferences and I look forward to seeing more of you again in the future. Stack safe, catch you on the next show.